Hi, this is Kathy Rue, your own personal liberal Sherpa, here to guide you through um, or help her navigate you through the sometimes treacherous but always bold, adventurous, dynamic world of society and culture today. Progressive society, liberal society, society. From the proper pronoun to the correct way to ask your baby whether you can change Z's, she's, hers, his, diapers. Never fear, your liberal Sherpa, Kathy Roo, is here to show you the way. Hello, welcome to um, today's uh, podcast episode show. I'm never really quite sure what to say. Um, I know that I probably should say whether I'm tired or not, because I realize now, uh, after doing these podcasts, I've been kind of giving the tired meter when it comes to journalism today. We're all like super duper, really, really tired, um, because we have someone that tweets all hours of the night. I'm not going to name names, but a very important person, and we have to be up to date with the tweets. So we're always tired. Journalists are just tired people these days. We're not, not complaining at all. I'm just, uh, I'm going to say I'm kind of tired. Not, not too bad. Um, maybe five hours of sleep, six hours. So it's, it's a good day. Uh, it's been a little bit of a crazy week. Um, just because my topic was kind of a hot one. One of my last topics on air at, um, at Fox News. I was on Shannon Bream's show, and I was asked to discuss religion um, as a liberal on Fox News. So you know how they say never discuss politics or religion um, at family dinners and things like that. I, I do so on national TV live in front of millions on primetime. So yeah, um, yeah, here it is. All right. So as usual, I received a topic from a show. Uh, this was the Shannon Bream's uh, Fox at Night, Fox News at Night, with host Shannon Bream, who went to Florida State, as I did. So go Knowles, even though we're having a lousy football season. And um, it said, this is, this is what I was given. Topic, new Trump rule overturns Obama-era rule on foster agencies. Critics claim it's anti-LGBTQ. Um, quickly, this is all I'm given. Trump administration's new rule would allow anti-LGBTQ discrimination in adoption and foster care. Rule allows child placement agencies to receive taxpayer money while discriminating against prospective parents. So that's all I'm given. Again, Fox doesn't tell me what to say, how to feel, anything. This is the topic. Uh, I agree whether or not I can discuss it and... Uh, naturally, yes, this one I can discuss because um, HHS, uh, I used to be a senior advisor for health and, gosh, why do I have such a hard time saying HHS, Health and Human Services um, for the United States. I worked for the federal government, Senate approved, and um, those are the ones who passed down this new rule. And I talked about it and debated it on Shannon Bream's show. And Here's a clip of the topic, and after this clip, we will have a guest come on and see whether this person agrees or disagree. And the guest is usually a Republican. In this case, it's um, Fox contributor Rachel Campos Duffy. And it's a super-duper extra special episode because Rachel and I go way back. We're like BFFs, instant BFFs, and we agree on absolutely 
nothing politically. Um, but I think we agree religiously, uh, not politically. Um, yeah, so here's the clip. This is a Fox News alert. A newly proposed regulation from the Trump administration is set to end the Obama-era policies restricting some federal funds from flowing to some faith-based adoption and foster care groups. It's a move many religious organizations say is long overdue, but progressives argue the administration is now legalizing and endorsing discrimination against the LGBTQ community. So let's discuss with former Washington Post contributing editor Kathy Rue. Okay, so that was the clip, and um, we're going to get Rachel Kempel-Stuffy, who is a Fox News contributor on the phone, for her reaction to see if she agrees or disagrees with me. And um, she's a sweetheart, and if you pick up the new Catalina magazine, there's an article in there that explains um, how we go way back. So uh, hopefully we'll stay on topic and discuss this topic from the Shannon Bream Show, and uh, guarantee we will not stay on topic. All right, let me get her on the phone. Hey, is this Miss uh, Rachel Campbell's Duffy? I, I sorry, I just put you. Uh, I I had a, a mute there, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You, is this the famous Rachel Campbell's Duffy? <laughs> Hardly famous. Still oh. in sweatpants at almost 11 a.m. my time. <laughs> the always classy Rachel Campbell's Duffy, then, I should say. Are you super-duper tired as well? Uh, yeah, it has been, like, yeah, it's been hard. Well, because, you know, I you know what this is like, Kathy, because I have a baby that's still at the NICU, which sounds like, oh, your baby's not home, you're resting, but you're back and forth between the hospital, you're still pumping milk for the baby, um, you still have to go there and spend time, and then you still have kids at home. So it's it's been a little bit, um, you know, tiring, but I'm getting there. Oh my gosh! But like like I I've I've known I've known you. I don't what. Well, how long is it? But well, a long time, right? A, a decade. Yeah, we've known each other a, a long time. A long time, and uh, I. You know what? what? The baby that I had. Yeah. That was three months old when you and I first met. Yeah. Is almost sixteen. That's oh, how long we've known each other. No way. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. If I told you that, you're going to be surprised because time just flies. And our, you just don't even realize it. Yeah. Our friendship is a 10th grader or 11th grader? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's a 10th grader. Super cool. She's a 10th grader. Yep. Oh, my gosh. We, oh, we've, like, evolved. We're, we're Julius Caesar. We're, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they teach in 10th grade. That is so cute. Oh, my God. I love your teacher references. <laughs> well, that's how I think. I know. I'm being an English you teacher. like a teacher. Oh, yeah. No, she was in 9th grade. I'd be Romeo and Juliet. But she's uh, she's uh, Julius Caesar right now. Oh, my God. So, yeah. No, but you're super mom. I, I interviewed you for Catalina, what, three months ago. And it's like, I, I just don't know. You You have a neat house. You have a clean house. And you have nine kids well i try to keep a clean house but it it involves some yelling (laughs) it involves some threats (laughs) um but it's the only thing in my life i can control and i need that kind of like i want my house to be a sanctuary because everything else is so crazy you know Mm -hmm. and so um i can't control 
a lot of things, but I, I like to have things organized. I like to be able to find things when I need them. And I like for things to look beautiful. It's just, uh, I just, I envy you. I want a sanctuary and I, I, don't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get my act together. Which it's is, not always a sanctuary. I just, that's the goal. <laughs> the guy, I don't even think I have it as a goal, you know. I mean, I should probably put it up on like a post-it note like they do in the movies or, you know. And those, those. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't even, I, how do I even introduce it? So I, um... Uh, Fox contributor, uh, Rachel Campbell's Duffy, um, book author. Uh, yes, uh, my you, latest book, my you, first children's book, and it's doing so well. It's Paloma Wants to Be Lady Freedom um, on Amazon, and um, it's, yes. It's so, beautiful. It is such a beautiful book, though. I mean, how would it not do well? It's it's just so, it just you just look at the cover, and, and every, you know, I can imagine being a, being a kid and, and wanting to devour it. Um, so, so, okay. Book author. Um, gosh, then, then, um, mom, 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 oh my gosh. Right. Sorry. That should be like number one. Mom of nine, um, super mom (laughs) of nine, um, former, I don't know, uh, even if to mention it's, um, former, uh, MTV. Reality. Reality television, yes, reality, reality TV. MTV's, uh, I, I, I would say the most famous MTV star to come out of real world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean Duffy and all those others. <laughs> but, but Rachel's everyone's favorite from MTV, real world. It, it's true. It was, uh, it's um, your personality. It just came right through. It was, well, and- you know, it was, a, it was an iconic show. I mean, if you're of a certain age... You know, you know the real world, and it's funny because you know, twenty-five years have passed since I did that show, and there's people that are around our age, Kathy, and that's the demo that they grew up on it and they grew up watching. And it doesn't matter how you know; it could be your neighbor. And I've been surprised at how many really famous people have, you know, been like, "Oh my God!" Like you know, people that I admire. I remember I met, you know, the late great Andrew Breitbart um and our connection was he was an uber fan uh Jake Tapper another uber fan of the real world (laughs) so there are people that you don't know that just kind of grew up on it and it's kind of they they see you and it throws them right back to their to their youth I guess (laughs) you're just gonna kill me how many times do people ask you about Puck is that, yeah, is that once a well, week? You know, you know the one who's re- the people who remember Puck are all my Twitter trolls. The Twitter Great. trolls. Great, I'm, like, I'm a Twitter it's troll. The perfect way to discredit me is to go, and she was with Puck. You know? Oh no, oh, God, I'm such people. a troll. <laughs> I'm such a troll. I just remember. No, but you say it in a nice way. I'm talking about all the people that say it in a like. See what a horrible person she is. <laughs> I remember the dude. Well, they've had they they put it on. They have um marathons though. I've seen it recently when they have the MTV marathons and and they yeah, show. Yeah, they'll run them. They'll run them. Listen, there was a certain point I knew I was probably approaching thirty, and I looked over at Sean. And I said. Oh my gosh, we're gonna be like Nick at night for our kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Sean, we're classics. 
Yes, not yet, but we're getting there. You're retro, retro. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I don't – oh, oh, road rules, road rules also. Yes, and that's how I met Sean, yeah, road rules for sure. Sean, which, uh, you know, little known fact, you know, congressman, five-term congressman from Wisconsin. Former congressman now. Former, former congressman. <laughs> I know he can wear a button now proudly. Former. I survived Congress. I button. survived Congress. I survived the real world and I survived Congress. I don't know which one's harder, Kathy. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he, she get, or I, weirder. I don't know which one's weirder. <laughs> oh my God. I could, I could get him a t shirt, you know, and all I got was this lousy t shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Congress is, people don't. Um, um, understand. I really, honestly, I covered the White House forever. I had no idea that that they left. That people, members of Congress, leave their their families four yes. days a week and go to work and then come home on the weekends. Yeah, you know, I I do think it's one of those unknown facts, and you know, Congress kind of gets a bad rap, and people say they do nothing, but you know, their schedule is very very intense. It requires two schedulers, two full-time schedulers to manage the schedule of one congressman. Uh, That's how busy they are. That's how much travel is involved. That's how much time is spent between Washington, D.C. and traveling their districts. Um, It's very complicated. And they have to manage, obviously, their families. And we have a family as big as mine. That's even more complicated because you you end up missing a lot. You end up missing birthdays and concerts. And and I, I have no regrets about the eight and a half years that you know, my husband gave, um, in service, but we reached a point where we just, the, the, you know, I got pregnant with my ninth child, found out that our ninth child has, you know, some medical complications, has a, you know, congenital heart defect that needs to be, um, operated on. And we, and it's also a marker for down. So we were pretty sure that our child was going to be with, born with down syndrome. And we knew that was going to require, you know, just extra love, extra attention to do that right. And yeah. so it just became for us untenable to, there just wasn't any more bandwidth left. But, um, you know, I, I think people don't realize how difficult it is to be um, in Congress and, and also how difficult it is to live in district. And I, there's a lot of great benefits to living in your district. You're much more in touch with people. I, you know, I couldn't even send Sean to go get milk because, you know, if I sent him to go get milk without a hat and a, and glasses, and which, by the way, we live in such a small town that even that didn't work. Um, <laughs> you know, I knew it was going to be a two hour run. And so I was to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to send dad to go to the store because he'll get stopped by constituents. I, and I really need those eggs or that milk. Yeah. Um, and so then I just send t- one of my teenagers to go get it if I needed it, you know, immediately. But, you know, people like that. They like to see him in church. They like to stop up. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's a wonderful thing. And my husband loved being accessible. And he's a people person. And so, I mean, I think he's really going to miss that part of his job. Uh, but it used to be that members of Congress didn't live in district. And were not accessible. But it was also easier on their families. And I think that's why you saw members of Congress in for much longer periods of time when they lived in DC, just because it was easier on the families. And, um, and, and also I think, you know, 
Kathy, you cover you cover Congress, you cover Washington D.C. politics, and people are always going, "What's different? Why is it so divisive now?" Yeah, and I do think part of it is that members of Congress and specifically their spouses and children don't interact anymore the way they used to. And so you and I have yeah. very different points of view, and we were sort of forced to get to know each other through a, a, a circumstances and. By getting to know each other through this, you know, create your, your your amazing magazine, Catalina, and then some work that you and I did on NBC together, we got to know each other outside of sort of the caricatures of a Republican and a Democrat, and there's so much more that we have in common. We share a common Catholic faith. We share the experience of being moms and, and Latinas in this country, and so we have all these other things in common beyond our politics, and the problem in Washington, D.C. is it's hard to get past that because and into that zone because people don't live among each other anymore. And so their spouses, you know, might there, there are there are spouse clubs that I belong to that I only get to go to twice a year because that's all the amount of time I have to come to D.C. because I live in district. And so that social part, that personal touch the human interaction, the relationship part of Congress, I think, has been greatly diminished by the fact that members of Congress have a lot of political pressure to live in district and not appear to be sort of living in the swamp. And again, great reasons to live in district, hard on the family and maybe hard on the politics in the country. Well, yeah. So it's interesting, the lingo in district. That's so interesting because it's like, it's not lingo that uh, I've never, you know, I don't, I don't use it. You because, don't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I've worked for an administration. I've covered administrations, but I don't know the lingo because I've, I've never, uh, you know, never been married to a member of Congress. So it's so interesting. Right. In, but isn't it that, that, that no good for nothing man with the softest hands I've ever felt in my life for some bizarre reason. I don't know what lotion he wears or he uses on his Sean? hands. Uh, no, Sean, I've never touched your husband's hands. But oh, New- okay, I New- know who you're talking about. Who are you talking about? Newt Gingrich, that oh, man. I was going to say because my husband's hands, when I met Sean, <laughs> he was a lumberjack, a real lumberjack. And I didn't want him to touch my clothes because he had so many calluses on my hand that he would pull like my sweater or if I was wearing God forbid I was wearing satin it would get snagged that's um, so because funny because he had so many calluses and that's that is one of the things that has changed oh my <laughs> god well you know thank goodness he went to congress because that is unacceptable but um you know and any of our men but that that Newt Gingrich um when I I interviewed him those hands so soft like to this day, I've never, I don't know what he uses. And I, I hope he's listening because I need to know what product. Um, yeah, what product? Yeah. If, you're, if you're getting beauty product advice from New Gingrich, Gingrich. Yeah, there's yeah. a problem, Kathy, in your life. I, I have many problems in my life, Rachel, and you're well aware that I'm a, I'm a mess. But, um, you know, no, I, I, I actually, I think I creeped him out and um, his lovely wife was standing next to him. And I, um, I, we shook hands and I was like, wow they're so soft and I, I think he like stood back and walked away and the yeah, bodyguard yeah no I think they threw me to the ground I almost got arrested it was really weird but no I'm kidding but it was no I, I actually said it out loud it was so creepy but of course you did I know you I know you did you know I said it you know I did um so uh you know he he does um so if you're listening please uh tell us what you're using and um so Oh, but isn't it his fault? Isn't it all his fault? Didn't he say that that members should be in D.C. and families should live 
as you say, in district that they, they... So, so I think that there were, there was definitely, um, I mean, look, is it true that DC can be a swamp and people lose perspective? Yes. I think that's, you know, I, I have relatives and really close friends who live in DC and in the surrounding areas of, of Alexandria and Arlington, Virginia, the sort of the suburbs and areas yeah. of, of, of Washington, DC of the swamp. And these people, Republicans all, yeah. some had no, I mean, they went to bed um, on election night in 2016 thinking Hillary Clinton was going to be the president because they are so in a bubble. So it, it, there was a good reason to have people go in district because if you lived in Wisconsin, um, especially where I live, there's no, there was no doubt. I mean, you just had a, to, to, to drive and you'd see the farms and the the signs all over, even Trump um, with tractors into the fields, you know, his name, um, you know, uh, tractored into the field so you could see it from above. I mean, there was no doubt that there was a movement yeah. and everyone in D.C. missed it. So Newt Gingrich understood, you know, back then in the 90s that there was a, a real danger of losing touch when you lived in Washington, D.C. And so Washington became a bad name and he encouraged everyone to move in district yeah. um, back to their hometowns. And there was really good stuff that happened because of that. But at the same time, a lot of, I think, the relationships among congressmen um, also suffered in that in that decision. And I think a lot of the civility, a lot of the compromising that happens when you're actually friends with the people on the other side. And not just friends like colleagues, yeah, we work together, but literally like we just went to dinner last week with our wives together or yeah. um, our kids are on the same soccer team. Something different happens when that happens. And that is something I did not have an appreciation for until I saw it up close as a, as a spouse and as a political family. Yeah. And, uh, and even being seen with the other, uh, what, from yeah, what I've heard, that. yeah, 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 yeah the, the photos, like, uh, wait a minute, what's Sean Duffy doing sitting next to Nancy Pelosi having, uh, uh, uh Pinot Noir. What are those two doing talking well, to each I other? Can I tell you something interesting? Yeah. So on my husband's last day in Congress, it was a kind of an emotional day. Um, my kids and I walked across, you know, their offices are across the street from from the actual building. Yeah. So we crossed the street. We went over to watch, because the little kids can go onto the House floor. No one else can do that unless they are children and have permission from a member of Congress. And so my kids have had this amazing privilege of being able to be on the House floor, actually take their daddy's voting card and vote for them. Oh. Um, and it's 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 just a, it's it's such an amazing privilege and experience. And so they went with their daddy across the street to vote for the for for the last time with their dad. And coming back from that, um, we were crossing the street across from the Capitol, and we saw Elon Omar. Yeah. Well, represent the representative, the first Muslim American woman right. elected to Congress from from the state of Minnesota. And my, my daughter recognized her, not for the reasons you and I recognize her. She recognized her from the, um, the music video she did with, um, Maroon, um, oh, yeah. five. Right. Right. Remember? Yeah. She has a cameo in it. Well, my, my 15 year old recognized her from that. And she said, my, 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 that's, she's the one from Maroon five. Can I, can I, can I get a picture with her? And I thought, 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maroon 5. So, yeah. 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 Cool. So she stopped Elon Omar. By the way, this story's on my Insta. So if anybody wants to go to my Insta or my Facebook page and, and look up the full story. But long story short, she stopped her, asked her if she could take a photo. Well, Elon must have recognized me. Maybe she recognized Sean ahead of us. I have no idea. But she knew who we were. And she said to my daughter, um, are you sure that your parents will be okay with that? Sort of a really snarky comment and I looked at her and I said of course we would we're a very tolerant family <laughs> yeah and she said we don't need tolerance we need um acceptance it was just really catty and I just said yeah we'll right back at you I mean I'm not exactly yeah. I don't find her to be a great example of liberal <laughs> tolerance but um I did say that right, right back at you but you know, you, you know that was just like what you just talked about. Um, Did the picture happen? That, was there a picture? Yeah, the picture happened. Okay. I posted it. But she thought that I wouldn't allow my own daughter to take a picture next to her, you know. And and she's so dumb. She didn't realize the, the girl doesn't even care about the politics of it. She just recognized her from a, video, a music video. Yeah, she thought but, she was part of Maroon 5's, you know, posse yeah yeah right exactly so it's just kind of interesting how everything is politicized you can't even fangirl you know on someone without it eliciting you know that kind of snarky political crap it's uh it's it's sad and you feel it and uh people i i've tried to say it it you you feel the vibe dc has a vibe you feel it and it's yeah. right when um when, yeah. I, when the administration changes the vibe changes you had Arkansas yeah. leave, uh, you know, like, and then Texas comes in, and then Chicago came in, and now, now you got a little New York, Mar-a-Lago in there. Like, it, it, it's yeah. still, there's no a, longer New York. He's, he's, no, he's Mar-a-Lago, I know. Florida's <laughs> gone. He's full Florida now. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone full Florida. Once you go full Florida, you know, you just can't I go back Florida. to New York. Yeah. I love Florida. You can't get me to say anything bad about Florida. That's I love so, Florida. That's so cute. How can you not love it? I mean, Pitbull and, uh, you know, Gloria Stefan yeah. and, and uh, yeah, and, and all the Cubans. What's what's there not yeah. to love? About? What's not to love when there's Cubans around? You know, everyone thinks I'm Cuban, Kathy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not Cuban, but if you go to my Wikipedia, it still says I'm Cuban. Is it? Well, Wikipedia is so not accurate. I just, I beg them I know, to just take terrible, those pages down. Please take the pages yes. down. They don't. They don't take the pages down. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm not Cuban, but you know what I have in common with Cuban and why people think I'm Cuban by the way I talk about politics is oh, Republican. I'm, I'm half Mac. I'm half Mexican. But the other half of me is Española, Spain, Catholic yep. Span, yep, a Catholic Spaniard, and my family um, were part of the movement that was fighting against the communists during the Spanish Civil War, and so um, there was there was a lot of. Um, uh, so we're talking uh, eighteen ninety eight. No, this is like in the 30s and, and early 40s, mainly the 30s in Spain when, the, when there was a Spanish Civil War. Oh, in Franco? Spain against, uh, yes, and it, there was a very anti-Catholic, communist, leftist, yeah. Marxist thing going on. And it was the, many of the Catholics that were fighting against that. And so a lot of the anti-communist 
um, understanding the kind of religious liberties that one loses under communism and socialism, et cetera, um, are things that are part of my family history. And so I think people think that's why I'm Cuban, but that, you know, but I'm not, I, I, I have an affinity for them. I love their food. I love their music. Um, yeah, but, you're uh, uh, but I also and... have that anti-communist fever that, you know, so many Cubans that come to America have. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the P PTSD, uh, the trembles they get with the, with the word yep. communism. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When you know what it's done to your own family members, it's not, it's not like AOC who, you know, really has no clue what communism does, um, to people's lives. Uh, it, when you have a fan, when you have that sort of firsthand experience of how it, it it hurts families and and destroys lives and all that stuff it's really hard not to be passionate about making sure it doesn't come here you know yeah i i um yeah no no i'm not i'm not in the mood to move to another country and be a, a no. another minority it's like I, I i you know you can only be so many minorities yeah. so many places <laughs> then, then it's just you know but you're one of those sensible liberals to be <laughs> you know, you're anti, you're an, in, in the sense of the big picture, right? You understand what communism does. Oh, yeah. And you understand what the dangers and the creep from socialism on liberties. And um, so you and I can disagree on all kinds of stuff, but at least you and I agree on um, Fidel Castro. Well, oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that one's not too can hard. We at least agree on that. Those basic things. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders doesn't agree with us on that. Um, oh, I know. My how God. How do you deal with that, Kathy? I mean, you're a good. Cuban liberal. <laughs> How do you deal with that? I mean, this is a guy who cheered the revolution, um, not just in Cuba, but also in Venezuela. What, what, how do you, how do you, no, swear I, that I don't with feel your the, own family experience. I don't feel the burn on that. No, but I mean, it, it's the other issues. The, it's the, um, it's so the, it's, you feel like the other issues trump. Well, no pun intended. <laughs> nice. Trump, I like the way you slipped that one the, in. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, though. I, I, I know. Can, I can it's, it's the other. Well, okay. Okay. So then, which leads to the the clip. The clip that I begged for you to watch. So, yeah. Uh, I love that clip. Oh, my gosh. You did. We were. I, lo I love when you're on TV. I love watching it. I think you bring a, a different perspective um, to the, so many of the opinion shows in primetime and on the weekends. And. I, I love that that not only does Fox put you on, but I feel like um, you're always treated respectfully, and I think that's important on a network that you know all opinions are 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 are, are there. Yeah. And that um, no, I'm not saying I've seen some of your hate mail, just like I get hate mail and 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 Twitter trolls, but at least at the network. Um, yeah. Yeah, I no, they don't treat me. They don't treat no. me. That, no, yeah, if the if the people on Twitter realized like what a fuck, you know, what a family it is in the building, I don't yes, think they would. Is. I don't think they would even type half the stuff they would type. They don't understand. Yep. And yeah. not all networks are like that. Not all networks no. treat people who are, have another point of view that respectfully. And, and and Fox ought to be proud about that. No, it's true. I and and um and no and and, and Fox doesn't tell me what to say. You know that they don't tell us yep, what to I say. Know that. They don't. They don't. I know that. They don't. They don't know what's going to come out of our mouth. They have no idea. Um, they don't stop me at all. They don't. They. They. You know. They. They know I'm walking in. They're not. Not thrilled about the current administration. And in no way do they tell me not to say anything. Um, right. So. Uh, uh, yeah. I love it for that. I love that Fox lets me do that. 
So, yep, me um, too. right. And, and come on, what other, what other channel do I know the president, the president of the United States is watching, get waking up in the morning and watching me. Why am I not going right. to be there? That's just as right. a journalist. That's, exactly. That's who do I, I want to talk to. The but he watches a lot because he seems to watch, he watches more Fox for sure, but he seems to watch a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, but I think he wakes up to me and I think sometimes he, he goes to bed and I, and I, and I'm there. I think he's, he's just knowing that you're, you're in that, that sphere. He's falling asleep to my voice. I know he is. But that, you know what? That's one of the things I like about you, Kathy is, um, and, and I think we kind of share that. I think we're both happy warriors. We believe in, in, in different things, but um, but in the end, we're happy warriors. We're not going to be no disagree. Yeah. We're not going to be you know sour pusses about it. We're going to say what we think, say it with a smile, and no, no, not everyone's going to agree with us. Um, but yeah. happy to have the platform and grateful for the platform. I feel the same way you do. I feel grateful every day that I have a, a way to vent <laughs> my feelings and. Um, and and not everyone gets to do that, you know. And that's a, that's a real real privilege. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the angry liberal, and that's what no. uh, a, a few producers have said that at Fox. It's it's nice no. not to have the angry liberal. Like it's it's yep. like oh thank goodness you know, no there's that no no shouting today. No one wants yep. a migraine. No one wants a, a liberal to walk nope. in the room and cause a migraine. And I'm not yeah. there to cause a migraine, and I'm not actually there to win the fights either. You know the battle. Right. So I'm You're not... just there to give your point of view. Yeah, and I and I and I, I hope people like it. Uh, I do, do a lot of interviews beforehand. I do a lot of interviews beforehand. A lot of people don't agree with me, but uh, yeah, it's a story about Wall Street. I'll interview Wall Street guys. It, it's a right. you know I, I do you know that I've asked I've yeah. asked Sean questions before I've got before going on air. He's a Republican congressman, and and I've asked you know the the, the vibe. So I'm getting it from everywhere. I'm not, I'm not, it's not just from my uh, little, the, the, the little um, hamster in my head running in the little wheel uh, right. and not knowing anything. You know, I do try to get some stuff from knowledgeable yeah. sources. Uh, no, but I, sure. I, I love watching you because it's funny when I wrote the article in Catalina uh, about, about you uh, in, in the current issue, which people could pick up. Um, uh, I, I did write the article that, and they should, and they should. Thank you. And, uh, your book is mentioned in there, which, uh, will, will plug tremendously, but, um, that when they meet you, I don't care how anyone feels about you. When they meet you and you give that smile, it's like, I'm sorry, you, you love, you love Rachel. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. It's like whatever you think when you're watching, uh, watching you on TV, whatever, they, whatever hate mail you may get, if they see you in person, that's it. Sorry. You, you, you love her. I know you do. So. Well, I feel the same way about you, Kathy. We, like I said, your viewers probably didn't know, you know, your listeners probably didn't know that we were, you know, go back so far, but we do. And, um, and it was so great having you on Moms. Um, you added such a great perspective, you know, the producers and I, so. Your show, your show that. on Fox yeah. Nation. Yes. We, so I have a show on Fox Nation for those who, who don't know that called Moms. And we just are able to kind of like the, what you're doing here, able to take a topic and really delve into it for more than like five minutes like we do on TV. And but we take topics that are relevant to moms. And we had um, we really had a star panel when you came on. We had Melissa Rivers and Chrissy Swanson and Bristol Palin. Right. And uh, and you, Kathy, and it was just a star panel of really great um, topics from feminism and transgenderism and just you name the topic, we covered it. And 
right just was so great having you on you were just such a you're such a breath of fresh air always brought a new perspective and 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 made all of us think you're you're so sweet but it's funny i someone mentioned afterwards that i uh referred to um my children as hey and you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh well can you imagine with as many kids as i have right and you, you keep what track. Your name, whatever your name is, and they all laugh. I mean, they all get the joke. They know. I just, and especially now, Kathy, with, oh. you know, the, I'm up every three hours, you know. Oh, my god. Pumping milk. I mean, my brain is just not even working. I can't even, um, you know, remember anything. So, I know, yeah. but you're up on everything. I don't understand. Then I see you on TV, and you're gorgeous, and you're you're up on everything. You know exactly Doesn't what's happening. Doesn't Fox have the best hair makeup of any network? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's a dream. It's like, and, and they're not just pros. The hair makeup people are like the nicest in the business. They're so great. They're so nice. They're some of my best friends and they, they Fox likes their, you know, if you're going to be on TV, we all want to look our best and Fox makes sure whether you're the host or you're the guest, Everyone looks their best, and and I love that about Fox. Fox hair, makeup, and wardrobe is the best part of the job. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's funny, and people say, well, why do you do it? Oh, oh, you're such a feminist. What are you doing wearing makeup, blah, blah, blah. They don't understand. With those lights and those the the cameras and the lighting and the harsh lighting – we, you'd see a zombie on TV. No one's going to mm-hmm. listen to a zombie. You want someone who's, you know, somewhat decent. Yeah. So but they, Fox doesn't mind glamming it up, but I'm sorry. I'm a Hispanic woman. Glam me up. I'm down with it. <laughs> yeah, extra pink, please. Oh, yeah, no. When they asked me, uh, what look are you going for today? I asked for sex kitten. Or, yeah. um, you know, I, know. I want to, I, I say 15 years younger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me look like a mom. Yeah. I, I want to look like a, a snack. I want to look like a snack, please. And, uh, I want to look like my husband's girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to be the other woman today. Thank wife. you. Yeah. Whatever you could do with this. Uh, and, uh, um, oh my gosh. So when people recognize us at the grocery store, it's such a compliment because it's like, really, you know, it's me. You know who I am. I know. I know. Or, or the worst is when people go, I, are you Rachel? I'm like, yeah, sorry. I don't have my Fox face on now. <laughs> I know. Like you kind of look like that lady, but uh, yeah, it's like, no, no. One it's... of our contributors at Fox, I won't say her name because I didn't get permission to say it, but she was actually like, you know, the worst part about doing the hard part about doing Fox is like, you get so used to, you know, being foxified, as we call it at Fox. You yeah. know, you get foxified. That then when you wake up in the morning, you kind of start to not like yourself. <laughs> You're like, I like my fox face better. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm going to admit. Do you know that I don't um, I don't brush my my hair unless I'm, I'm at Fox? So I get my hair brushed oh, really? <laughs> four or five times a week by the professionals. Other than that, I, I am a walking monster. And when people recognize it. me at the grocery store, I'm so afraid because it's like, oh, you should not be able to recognize me yeah. because I look really scary and I have not brushed my hair for two days. And the makeup's still yeah, yeah, falling yeah. down my face, uh, perhaps a few lash falling. Right. <laughs> just, just trying to get my milk. And then you take the selfies with uh, you know, someone who's standing there and it's like, oh, geez. Well, there, go, there goes that. Uh, oh, my God. You can't go to the grocery store. Talk about Sean. You probably can't go either without sunglasses. Uh, well, 
Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends. Like I said, I think there's a certain age group of people that kind of know us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, and I don't mind. Like, I, I've been, you know, people kind of recognized who I was since I was in my 20s. So, you know what I mean? Because I, I was 22 when I did The Real World. So I'm kind of, that's, I kind of grew up with it in a way. It doesn't bother me at all when people stop me or, or anything, and I'm kind of a people person too. So I, I like to you know stop and chat. But it is harder when you're when you don't have your makeup on and you're still in sweats. You're like, ah, <laughs> like oops, oops. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we're we're super foxy now. For anyone who's listening, I mean, I'm I'm yes. right. We 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 look we Isn't look great. Isn't that the beauty of doing a podcast, Kathy? You don't really have to glam it up. It, it, no, seriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing pumps for no reason right now. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. It's like, what, what, so, so the segment was Shannon Bream. I love, she went to Florida state. So we always have to talk about how disappointed we are with the team this year. Uh, Florida state's really blowing it. Um, as uh, I don't know if you're to college football, but, uh, Shannon Bream and I talk about it before we go on air and, um, and people think we're, fi- we're arguing about Trump. We're actually talking about our about alma mater's football. football team. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know anything about sports. I'll tell you what I do know is about Shannon Bream is the most beautiful woman at Fox. She, I mean, the woman is like, I know everyone thinks she's so beautiful on TV. She's as beautiful or even more beautiful in person. Uh, um, she's just drop dead gorgeous, isn't she? I, I have to share a screen with her. I, I, it's yeah, not well, fair. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've had the same feeling. Like, ah. Uh, Great. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. Shannon, oh, great. I have to be on the show tonight next to Shannon. Thanks. Thanks, next to guys. Shannon Bree. Nobody wants to be next to Shannon too, Bree. Too, too darn pretty. But the, yeah. the, but the topic was touchy, um, yeah. but I, I stuck to my gun. It's guns. a sensitive topic. It, it's a definitely a sensitive topic. I, I tell you, Kathy, I get where you're coming from because I know your heart, and you're like, you know what? Um, I just want more kids to be adopted and I don't want um I want more people to to be able to adopt them and so you're looking at it from that perspective it can also be looked at from the reverse perspective which is there are religious institutions that are not going to violate their their tenets of their religion their theology and so they'll shut down and we'll have less people being able to put these children up for adoption because it does require agencies to do that and often it is faith-based um, organizations that do the best job of doing that. Now, I happened, you know, you know, before Sean was a congressman, my husband was a congressman, he was a prosecutor and had to deal with um, some of the worst child abuse situations that you've ever seen in your life. Um, and that's one of the things that prosecutors and law enforcement have to see on a daily basis that makes their job really tough. And um, we lived in an area where there was a lot of um, you know, the, the kind of birth defects that come from people who have um, a lot of drug and alcohol problems. And so there were a lot of children that needed foster homes or adoption that came out of those situations and had a lot of physical and mental challenges because their mom was on drugs or was addicted to alcohol. And there was um, a, a lesbian couple in the area where we lived that took many of these kids that are often very hard to place and God bless them. And so, um, I I know that there are situations like that where thank God there are people able, regardless of their orientation, who can do that at the same time, there are 
some very, um, you know, theological reasons why many Catholic and Christian organizations feel like the first choice should be to place children where they can have a mother and a father. And I respect that as well. And so those, those Catholic organizations and those Christian organizations, um, they shut down because they couldn't abide by the government regulations requiring them to um, allow for um, same-sex adoption. So in those towns, Kathy, uh, there were less organizations able to do the work of adoption. But they put religion first. As I said in the segment, though, they chose to put religion first. They they chose... for, 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 For many Christians... And you know, and people of other faiths, it's not a choice to put your theology and your the doctrine of your faith first. It's sort of like breathing. It's what you do, and it and and their faith actually dictates their actions. And so, I you know what I believe is in, I believe in religious liberty, and I believe that um, we shouldn't we shouldn't impose on faith, um, many of these regulations that cause people to not be able to follow their religious conscience. I mean, this is what happened under the Obama era with the um, Little Sisters of the Poor. We had the president and his team and the the strong arm of the government trying to force these little old nuns who were just trying to do their work, um, you know, trying to force them to do and provide insurance that they felt violated their religious conscience and and i think it was wrong of the obama administration to do that deeply wrong i yeah no i i I still i just i still don't agree i i know i know because i'm raised catholic i know there's a code and i know i know uh you know I, I know definitely I've, I've lived by the code. I know that I, I, I call it almost a code because I don't know how to explain it to others who aren't Catholic. But there is, there's, a, there's, a, there's a way. There's, there's like a, you know, uh, I, I, I don't, to explain to others who aren't um, a, a certain religion, a guidebook. It's what we go by. Um, but I, but I, those things are based on, on biblical principles. They're, they're based on, 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 thousand years thousands of years of theology and doctrine they're they're not just things that can be tossed out because you know obama or catherine catherine sebelius or whoever or the or you know whatever the organization is that's pushing these kinds of policies people who have faith are allowed and their country was founded on people who just wanted to live out their faith and for the government to to do that now again they're taking, I get what you're saying, they're taking, the government is giving contracts, right? Yep. And so, uh, so part of it is, is the government gives contracts, does the government have the right to impose its ideas and policies on anyone taking a government subsidy to put forth, you know, to, to, to have an adoption agency or whatever it is? Um, that's one question, but there are also... I believe um, states that are that are able to just say, "Listen, you have to shut." It's not it's not even that the religious institution wants to shut down. It's that they're being accused of 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 bigotry because they believe in you know 
marriage is between one man and a woman and, and that adoption should be within that context. And so then they're not even allowed to exist. So there's both that where, where some of them are choosing not to be part of it um, because they don't want to violate their conscience, their religious conscience. And then there are states that are saying you can't open your doors or you have to close your doors because what you're doing is discriminatory. So there's two, two ways of that. Yep. I, I just saw it as, um, uh, well, like the ACLU, the tweet they put out, which was such a coincidence. It was so odd. I had no idea. It was the exact same thing I had just said. Um, it was religious liberty is not a license to discriminate. The needs of children in our foster um, care system must come first. And that's, that's just the way I saw it. It's, uh, who cares? They're needy. Uh, I just felt religious, religion second, needs of children first, uh, everything else on the back burner. What do the kids need? Uh, so that's, that's the only way but I can you, But I, so I, I, I mean, I can look at this from a religious point of view as a Catholic. I can also look at this just as a mom. And I see myself as, uh, I can see that, what my husband offers as a parent is different than what I offer as a parent and it's not any better. And what I offer isn't any better. There are two different, but very complementary approaches to life because one is a male and the other is a female. And, um, I think our children, both our boys and our girls, I have, um, six girls and, and three boys. I can see that they each get something really important from having a mother and having a father. And it doesn't mean that um, I don't like same-sex parenting, you know, parents or anything else. I just think it's the optimal situation to have both sexes um, contributing in that very complementary way. That's the best case scenario. So some of these agencies are just saying we're trying to find what we think is the best for that child, and that is to have both a mother and a father. And I don't think that they're interchangeable. In the, Now, you're going to obviously have, um, uh, what, what do you say? There's going to be a, a, um, circumstances where that, you know, it's much it's preferable to have a same-sex couple than, you know, a, a couple that's not, you know, meeting the physical and needs of a child or abusive or, you know what I'm saying? They're obviously extenuating circumstances that you can say oh, clearly preferable for these, this child to be with, with two same sex parents than, um, you know, two dysfunctional parents of the same sex uh, of different sex. But in general, I think we ignore biology, um, kind of like the transgender sports argument that you and I had on my show, um, at some point, biology does come to play, and I do believe that children do best when they have a mom and a dad. I um, yeah. I do. You, I, do you disagree with that? I mean, I, I, I'm curious. I I actually I do. I I read a study, and it was so interesting. Uh, came out. The New York Times mentioned, and they said they found that children from homes where they had same sex parents didn't see men and women as um, differently. They saw them as equals in society. Uh, There were no gender roles. But I believe in equal 
but complementary, different, but complementary. I, I don't think my husband's better than me or that I'm better than him. I just think we offer two different things we, to right. our children. Yeah, but I can see that we parent very differently. And I think it's a bit beneficial for our kids to have that. Yep, they were, they, but they, yeah, but on the other hand, I, I read that art. I read the article, in the, and the study showed it was it was fascinating that they didn't know. Uh, it's you know a lot of families. The mom still the the, the mom the grandma's the one cooking in the kitchen, and the grandpa's the one on the couch. And uh, you know you still have those older older generations that are keeping those traditional roles alive. But when you right. do have those same sex couples. You, there is, they don't see it. They don't. They don't see that uh, the woman in the kitchen and grandpa on the couch. They don't. They don't see that. So they never grow up to uh, uh, believe that that's the way it has to be. And right. uh, there's something refreshing about that. I thought that's what what a what a what a wonderful way to grow up. Not to ever um, believe that uh, the woman had to be in the kitchen. That uh, uh, grandma had to be in the kitchen. That that right. gra- that grandpa could chill with his, his feet up on the recliner. That what, yeah, I, there is something beautiful about that too. At this, yeah, I mean, I can see what you're saying, but I, I guess I'm not even looking at it from necessarily like the division of labor in the house or, or whatever. I mean, in my house, I mean, it's a, it's some things are very traditional. I love to cook, and you know, I'm a clean freak, so yep. clearly that falls on a little bit more on me probably more by choice yeah right because um, you are a clean freak but yeah because i'm a clean freak but believe me i'm trying to get everyone else to participate they just don't see the dirt i see uh, because they're not but, clean freaks but i love to cook and and i like i love that feeling of cooking for my family and serving my family it makes me feel good um that said though i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about like you know, and I could see some of it went because Sean was gone so much when he was a, a member of Congress. And I think there were some things like even on the sports front that um, I just have. Now, there are some very sporty girls out there, women who are pushing sports. But I was not one of those. And I feel like had my husband been around a lot more, you know, that would have he would have encouraged the sports or been more active and involved in it than I could ever have because I never really enjoyed it much. Um, I don't know if that's a great example, but even it's probably more like communication. The way I communicate with the kids is different than the way my husband communicates with the kids. The way my husband plays with the kids is different than the way I play with the kids. The things that I introduce the kids to are different than the things my husband introduces the kids to. So I I just think some of it is cultural, right? Because, you know, I'm Hispanic and he's Irish American. But some of it is gender based and biology based. We're just different. Yeah, but at the end of the also at the end of the day, what uh, the, the I don't tr- think it's interchangeable. I don't think I don't think that just like when we had the transgender argument about sports. Yeah. You know, I, I, I a, a woman is a woman, and you know, if. It, 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 I, I just don't. I just don't think we can pretend like biology doesn't matter. Yeah, but at the, but the, at the at the end of the day, the true things that are happening when you have foster care and kids in need, and we're at that I, we're, we're at that we're at that stage at that yeah. point. That's yeah. when uh, food, shelter, and love is is it. That's it. That that's number one. 
And, uh, it, and I, I feel if someone is able to give food, shelter, and love, um, and you're raising a well-adjusted right, and, person. And, and I think that there are agencies what we that want to do that. But what should we – so there – and you make a great argument for that, Kathy. You do. But the point is, should an agency not be allowed to exist because they put their 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 biblical, you know, and theological um, – ideas and beliefs up front and first i mean so can't both exist they were turning the, the uh, there there were agencies can't both exist they were well the the problem is in some places they were these people were approaching these agencies and wanted to help and were being recommended to other agencies they were being turned away right. So if right. they, so but, other agencies, right? Yeah, but what if the ideal child was there waiting for the, the the perfect family? It would have been a perfect union, and they were turned to another agency, and you had actually a perfect family could have come together at that moment. Their child was right. in that building, so uh, th- that opportunity never happened. They were turned away. So yeah, they could both exist, but. Uh, maybe some perfect, beautiful moments were pushed I, I, away. I just think sometimes the the quote unquote tolerance on the left turns into intolerance for those with deeply held religious beliefs. I don't think that people who believe that are are bad people. Um, I I frankly, like I said, I believe the ideal situation is a mother and a father. I think that's the optimal situation for for any child, but um, but that ain't reality nowadays. I mean, it's not. Or, or I maybe, get that. Yeah. But, but yeah. who are you to tell those people to tell Christians what they can and can't believe, or to suggest that it's based in bigotry when it's not? When it's based in their biblical, deeply held biblical um, belief. Uh. I, food, I again food food shelter again, love. Where does the child? I mean, I think it goes to a much bigger issue than this particular issue. Yeah, I think it goes to tolerance. I think it goes to to religious tolerance, and you know, it's like on college campuses. Do I guarantee? You know, I I went to give a speech at Marquette University, and I had Antifa show up. But not only that, before I arrived. The social justice warriors were tearing down the posters because they didn't want me to, you know, any of the students to come see me speak. That's pretty light stuff compared to what people like Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles and Ann Coulter get when they go to universities. But the, yeah. what they experience, no leftist experiences on college campuses. Oh. If you're a liberal, you can go and speak and you aren't shouted down. No one removes your posters and you're. Your idea is that not everybody in the audience will agree with you, but you'll be allowed to speak. No, I had a mini and, protest. And on liberal camp, on campuses nowadays, conservatives are shut down, canceled, shouted down. Um, and, and you have to admit that there is a difference, that, that liberals aren't afraid. I, they don't need security on college campuses. I had, no, I did have, I had a little mini protest. I, I spoke at a, a college in Georgia uh, two months ago, and uh, the the organizers had to get involved because there was a there was a protest 
And it actually was because I, I'm a liberal who supports Blue Lives Matters. So, um, as a liberal... So, so if, the liberals were protesting you. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Okay, again, you make my point, Kathy. Thank I, you. I know, it's sad. If there are no conservatives shutting down liberals. But there were some conservatives, actually, to their credit. There were conservatives that tried to protest beforehand, and uh, they reached out to me on Twitter, and to their surprise, I responded, and the pro- they, shut, they, they stopped the protest. I asked them to just hear me out and let's all talk and they came and it was a love fest we had therapy it was group therapy in a, in i love a, it in a big room it was we had all different backgrounds in one room and uh at the end of it they couldn't believe that uh it was in um at the multicultural center i think it was uh-huh. the beauty of it was everyone came together and it was a true love fest but there were many Love protests, it. even the liberals. We are we are getting those protests, and I was lucky enough that I don't know if they were doing things right at this university or what, but they they stopped it. They came, and we all we all got along. I I don't know. We didn't I have, love it. Like uh, you know, like us, we absolutely do not agree on this topic a hundred percent. But we all did get along. But I do. The, the protests are coming from every side now. I, I think it's very divided. Things are super divided. Um, right. Yeah. No, but the, real, the, the biggest protester I had was someone that was against my support for Blue Lives Matter. Um, but I had Antifa show up, and then they tried to shut down. They were trying to tear down my, my, my posters and the organization that brought me in, Young Americans Foundation, Young Americans for Freedom. They... They were able to record. They re- actually got it, caught it on tape, and it kind of went a little bit viral. But it's like, geez, I mean, I was like eight months pregnant um, at the time. I'm oh. like, really? Am I the threat? Am yeah. I that big of a threat? You, you can't move uh, that fast anymore. Are my pregnant. ideas going to hurt you, my, my anti-socialist ideas? Um, I just think it, it's – I think we need more tolerance. I mean, it kind of goes full circle to what you and I were talking about from the get-go. We need more tolerance. Yeah, it's, uh, it, well, you, you know who I blame for and, uh, and the division. But, and it's but. hard when you see people preaching tolerance to you, yeah. and then they don't have it. They really don't have it. They are only tolerant if you agree with them. Well, I, 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 I blame it from the top. I think it's, uh, you know that, though. You, you see me every time on TV. I do. I blame it from the top. I think uh, the name-calling is unnecessary and the tweeting and all that stuff. It's just unnecessary and so many republicans agree with me that we the, the tweeting and all that has to stop the name calling we've got to get divided we've got to get united again it's too divided yeah yeah yep I, well I, and actually you know that kind of brings me back not to be a shameless plugger but it does bring me back to my book because plug my it, girl. book is about my well my book is about what unites us as americans and um you know we can you know i, I we had the example of you know oh well, maybe it's because you know, members of Congress aren't aren't living in the same city. There, there's some some issues like that in the political world within D.C. Um, you know, where people live and how they interact. But it's it's actually more fundamental than that. Do our are are our children in school learning to love America? Really getting a full robust understanding of what makes us so exceptional. What are those values and ideas? freedom, our love for the American dream, this idea of equality and equal justice under the law, um, all, our history, 
um, are, are uh, the good and the bad in it and how we're always striving to be a better country. These are the things that drive. And, and by the way, free enterprise, capitalism, um, the idea to take an idea and work really hard and, and be able to keep your wealth and pass it on to your children. These are things that make people want to come to America. And it's why there's a line of whether it's, you know, 800,000 DACA kids, there's not the equivalent of that going to Mexico City or El Salvador or, or, or Havana or Caracas. They all want to come here. And, and the reason is um, because we, we have this common shared values. But if we're not passing those values on to our kids, if our kids aren't understanding what are those things that unite us, because there's so much more that we have in common than um, as Americans than divides us. But I don't think we're passing that on to our kids, Kathy. And I know you're a teacher, and I know that education is important to you on so many levels. I don't know if they're getting that in school anymore. I feel like my kids learn more about global warming at school than they do about American history. Um, oh, yeah, no, we can, we can, you know, I can go on and on about teaching because, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certified in, in uh, two states at the moment. So, yeah. yeah, no, I go back to classroom, but I could tell you, which so many people don't see, I chose instead of teaching uh, straight English, I chose to go to ESL teach English as a second language because I love helping the Latino kids because the ones who are most passionate about reaching that American dream are the ESL kids. So yeah. that that's what I love to, yes. to tell people at the end of the day. Whatever they want to think about our schools, I want them to know that those immigrant kids in the schools are the ones that are keeping the American dream alive. Those are the most yeah. passionate, and I love those students, the the, the ones that remind um, remind the adults about the American dream. And, and so many people don't see that on TV. They don't see that, that right now these immigrant children want to learn English so badly to belong to our culture. And their parents are working two jobs and doing whatever it takes. And they want their children to learn English. So, so I, Kathy, yeah. did you know that my parents were both ESL teachers? No. They were both ESL teachers, yes. So you and yeah, know. there is yes. My parents were both public school ESL teachers, and you're right. I mean, but so many of these kids um, were brought here, and like you said, a lot of their parents are very hardworking, busy people working multiple jobs. Um, but my my mom and dad both felt like it was their obligation. First of all, they loved working with them, yeah. um, but they also wanted to teach them about America because some of them come through, as you know, through no choice of their own. They're just kind of brought here. And the way they learn about America, um, you know, their first experience was really starting to understand these ideas is is at the school. And that's why it's so important that we we are teaching these values. We A lot of times we assume all of our students, ESL or not, um, that our kids understand this. I mean, Ronald Reagan said, you know, every generation has to be taught um, about freedom, about liberty, about our values. It's not passed on through the bloodstream. These are things that are inculcated in our children because we teach them to them. And it should be taught at home, um, but we should also be teaching our history and our civics and, and also a pride in America at school. 
And I think we're losing that. And I think it's a, I think it's a big mistake yeah, that I, we're making culturally. Well, I don't see. So I, the beauty of it, I don't know what's going on in the other classrooms because I wasn't in the other classrooms. I knew that in right. my ESL classroom, they wanted to learn the language desperately. And the, they, um, they memorized the Constitution, the, the preamble to love the Constitution. It. They loved it. And they learned, um, it, it, was, it was beautiful. They learned Shakespeare. Um, they, they learned American history. And they also learned um, current events. And I had a lot of the immigrant students love Trump. They, they yeah. were, and, and it's so funny because they, no one would believe that in a million years. But you have these kids who can No, barely- I think a lot of Hispanics. I think that I actually think the numbers are going to be uh, interesting in the next election. There's a lot of things that are going well for Hispanics under Trump, and I think um, it's it's not as cut and dry as I think some people think it is with 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 Trump. But if the indoctrination's going on, I didn't see it. My students, uh, they love some love Trump, others, you know, cared more about makeup, teenage problems, you know, things sure, like that. But it was course. really really cute. That you had these patriots, these these uh these patriots that uh one of them couldn't wait to go to the FBI, and and work um and, and start networking and I, he was fifteen, it was so cute, um but oh I gotta ask you questions from the from the from the the, the from Twitter they're gonna kill me, can I oh yeah go for it let's, yeah, say, let's do that yeah sorry. absolutely yeah no because um soon I'm gonna start talking to you about makeup because we can talk about oh that. yeah we talk all day about that yeah no right no we talk we talk about I mean. We all, we go on forever sometimes. Um, uh, and and oh my gosh, and we never agree. By the way, so I know. we do agree <laughs> on stuff. I take you take that back, Kathy. What? No, we do, we do. So on this one, we kind of agree and disagree on this topic, on the Shannon Bream topic. We we. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. You see where I'm coming Not from. Not everything, yeah, but some parts of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. No, and I like we lead by example. So we don't we don't have to um, we yeah. we will sit we at can, the, the we can agree as Obama used to say we can agree without being disagreeable. Oh, you're quoting Obama. Look at you. I'm quoting Obama. Come on. You're getting you're becoming I won't a softie. Quote AOC. I, I won't quote AOC, but I will quote Obama. You know what? You just gotta love a, a person known by three letters. It's like I, I just have such it's you know. True. Even I have respect Madonna for that. couldn't pull that one like off. Like Madonna, yeah, Madonna couldn't even do that. Oh, come on. So, uh, yeah, Lady Gaga. Give me a break. Okay, so these are, you're ready. You've got questions and comments. Um, This is coming from Tracy Dorman. Um, Question for Rachel is, have your children seen you and Sean on the real world road rules? I think it would be interesting to see my parents in their younger days and just wondered if their kids had asked to see footage. Yeah, so it's so interesting we didn't show it to them, and they showed no interest until my oldest daughter, who's now 20, she's a sophomore at, um, at the university, but when she was in her senior year, she became very curious, and of course, I couldn't prevent her from watching it, because it's like, you know, you can just YouTube it, um, and so she started watching it, and she was just fascinated exactly you know we never see our own parents as young people we always imagine them as the old people telling us we can't do stuff and so she got the chance to see her parents young she actually got to see the first moment her parents met because that's actually on video as well so really fascinating experience um for her and now the bad part is 
she now will like quote like there's certain like catchphrases from the show that she'll throw back at me and things like that. So it's kind of funny, but yeah, I'm glad we waited as long as we waited. I'm glad they weren't watching it in junior high or anything. So, so when the timing was right and, uh, yeah. Now, of course, some of the younger ones have seen a few things, but they didn't seem to be fascinated with it as the older kids were. And I'm sure as they get older, they'll also find it, you know, just as interesting. But remember my daughter, People think about, you know, uh, Northwest, the Kardashians' daughter as a reality couple, right? You know, the spawn of a reality couple. Yeah. My daughter is actually the first ever. <laughs> spawn of a reality yeah, couple. Yeah, spawn of a reality Because Sean and I are the first both reality stars married. And we're definitely the most fertile. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You're right. You're right. I, yeah. I, I wrote about him. She being wanted a- to do her college essay on it, Kathy. And she's like, maybe I should do my college essay on how I'm the first, you know, product of a reality TV couple. And I said, well, you want to go to the University of Chicago? Let's try a different tact. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. And he was the first reality um, yeah. star member of Congress. So yes, he was. And Donald Trump was only the second. Kathy. I, I know. I actually my I, husband I, led the way. I I know. He thanks to Sean, Trump is in the White House. Yeah, so right. I, I you hope can he thank him or hate him for it, but I, I hope he's able to thank you. That's the sequence of events. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? I wrote about Sean, so uh, you know what? You're welcome, uh, President Trump. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had something. You're welcome, to, America. You're welcome, America. I gave you Trump. So there. Uh, oh, haters. Okay, here's another one. Here's a sweet comment. Um, this is from Grizzo. Um, it's uh, at uh, this one at G S L U V I N I T. Uh, this one's just sweet. Paloma means dove, I think. They said very nice. So, uh, your, oh, I love that. Your daughter's yeah, dove. I also tell my daughter it's like the Holy Spirit, right? Right. Uh, but when her siblings get mad at her, they call her pigeon. Oh, that. La pobre. <laughs> well, she does have a lot of siblings, so some are gonna, you know be you know a little cruel i guess you can't have all yeah. angels all, yeah, all the time happens. right they're gonna have their mood swings and then right. you've got puberty i'm sure mixed in okay and then this is the, fi- <laughs> the final one that i thought was interesting and the, and the most controversial question for you um just in general um okay of course i love her this is meaning you oh this is from uh tyree bruce so it's at okay. uh t y lee l e i g h 64 I love okay. her. How does she respond to people who criticize her choice to have a large family in light of the climate chaos argument? And how would she respond to a woman um, at AOC event that said, we must eat the children? Yes, I love that. <laughs> Cookie! <laughs> um, so, yes, I, and, 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 and AOC said that, you know, her generation is so worried about their carbon footprint that they're all thinking and rethinking the idea of having kids. And I, I, I just had my ninth. So I took AOC's carbon footprint for myself since she decided she doesn't want to have any kids or at least is, is very dubious about her ability or her desire to do that. Um, listen, I have been called a climate terrorist. I have, have you? by the tolerant, I have the tolerant loss. Um, Wait, to your, could tell you, to your face? To your face? 
and mostly on anonymous Twitter yeah, stuff yeah, and, yeah. and comment sections. You yeah. know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they call me a climate terrorist. Um, they think that my marriage is somehow some retrograde, you know, throwback, and that I'm, you know, barefoot and pregnant. Which, by the way, I went to see Donald Trump. I know at his office, and I wrote. I I took a I couldn't. My heels were hurting so bad. I, I was like saw eight it. and a half months, eight, eight months pregnant, and I said, I'm I'm leaving the White House barefoot and pregnant, which really triggered a lot of liberals as well. Did it really? But, I loved it. I thought, oh, she's so funny. <laughs> she's like, but but I I you know. That's the beauty about being a woman, you know. Is it? It's my choice. It's I live in America. I, 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 I love kids. I, I'm, you know, doing my job of 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 being a good parent and doing what I need to do. Um, I'm not a perfect parent, um, uh, but I I love my kids. I support them um, financially and otherwise, and I'm doing the best that I can. Um, I, I think our family is blessed and better. There's not one of those kids that I would ever give back. No? Um, and so I don't think about the environment. I think our environment in the sense that when it comes to my kids is that the environmental problems that we have, and you and I can agree or disagree on how best to solve them, but they're going to be solved by humans. Um, and, <laughs> and you've got I'm plenty of them to humans. help. I'm raising, I'm, I'm giving birth and raising, I think, some pretty interesting <laughs> kids who hopefully will go on to make the world a better place, whether it's in solving our environmental problems. I do have a young a young daughter, Paloma, by the way, my little Paloma, who's 11, um, is, is, my sci- is, is the one the most likely to be scientists in our family. So we're raising kids and educating them, making sure that they're, um, good citizens who want to give back to, to the community and to their family. And so I really don't worry about what, you know, liberals think about the number of kids I have. I actually find it quite funny that, that they are so interested. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so thank you for having so many children who will solve. Yeah, you should be thanking thank me. Thank you. <laughs> the way I should be thanked for Donald Trump in office. Thank you. Yeah. For solving our Great. climate You're problems. Really ensuring I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm responsible for destroying the environment and giving you Donald Trump. Right. So uh, <laughs> we are we are an amazing team. It's I don't know why more people don't love us. Um, yes. Okay. So wait. So then um, on a, on, a, on another note, on a serious note, you just had um just had your baby. You just had your yes. ninth baby. My ninth. Yeah. And everyone I see. Everyone I see in the green room, because they all see your picture in the magazine in Catalina, everyone wants to know, how's Rachel doing? How's she feeling? How's the baby? Oh, that's so nice. I do love my Fox family. Um, I We are doing great. Uh, the baby is doing very well. She's, still, she's a little over a month old now. She was born prematurely. She's still in the NICUs. She's still at the hospital. We're hoping we can get her back next week. Um, where it's just been logistically very difficult to be back and forth between the hospital, but um, she's doing well. She's just had her. She's going to need a heart surgery in a, you know about three or four months, and in the meantime, she's just having some difficulty eating on her like all of her feedings because of her heart. Um, it's working so hard. Uh, trying to eat and because it, it takes a lot of energy it also takes a, some some skill and muscles uh, to to nurse properly and bottle feed properly and um, our daughter Valentina was born with Down syndrome so 
Down syndrome babies just don't have the same kind of muscle tone as other children. So eating is kind of a harder thing for them to do. So we're having to, we're learning a lot of patience through her. I always was a great nurser and I had kids that, you know, were good eaters and, and she's not, and she frustrates me, but she's teaching me patience already. And she's just a beautiful child. Um, I can already see what a sweet thing she is. Um, and I think, you know, we're just hoping that, you know, maybe in the next week or so we can get her home and she may have to have a feeding tube to finish off some of her feedings at home like she does at the hospital if she can't get up to speed in the next week. But we hope that she'll be doing better and um, and, and, and we'll be able to eat on her own. But we're excited to get her back. As we're talking right now, I was actually arranging some of the, you know, her 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 some of her belongings and getting things ready for her homecoming and i have to tell you our kids she valentina is the current family favorite Mm -hmm. our kids are so excited about her coming home and um they just miss her so much and it's just been hard because when you're at the hospital you know you're missing out on what you know needs to be done and what you want to do at home with the other kids and then when you're with the other kids at home um you you wish you were at the hospital so we're just hoping we can get past this stage and and all be together as a family. And, and, um, and what you once said to me, which I thought was super cute, you have, um, you, you had, you were eight, pregnant with nine. And I was like, um, who, who's the favorite? Who are they jealous of? What's going on there? One has, a, you named a book after one child. Why don't all the other ones hate you? And you told me that they've all been a favorite at one time or another. It's when they're the babies. The babies are always yeah. the favorite, and then it's next, and they become the favorite. And it's so cute because there's a uh, there's a family dynamic there. Everyone knows. So the babies right, right now she's a favorite. So she's yeah, this she's is, the favorite. This, she's the favorite. But I, you know what? I I tell all my kids like secretly don't tell the other kids that you're my favorite. So <laughs> <laughs> they all think that. Oh, good, good. So hopefully they won't listen to this they podcast. They all think they're my favorite. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, so I'm sure at one moment or another they are, and then uh, then you move on to the yep. next one. So cute. So and you're feeling and you're feeling good. So yeah. I mean, I'm tired. I would be lying to you if I told you I wasn't tired. Um, I'm tired. There's a lot. It's a lot more work to have to pump your milk, I think, than to nurse. You know, just nurse. Um, so I'm pumping, and then I'm. You know, we have to bottle feeder and. Um, and it's just, uh, it's exhausting because I have to get my milk supply up and, you know, all the mommy stuff that happens. But I would say that um, I'm tired, but I'm happy. I feel blessed. I love having my husband home, Kathy. You know, you've known me for so many years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was it was a wonderful thing to, you know, um, have my husband serve our country the way he, he did. And I'm so proud of his work. But I'm also so happy to have him home because um, I didn't realize how much I was doing by myself until I had someone to help me with this. So it's like it's coffee and dead. Wait a minute. I, I can get used to this. Yes, I know. It's so nice to go. You can go pick up the kids and you can go get this. That's so serious. And a couple of times he's been like laying down like – because you know, you'd get back from D.C. when he was a congressman, he'd be so tired, you know. Yeah. And he'd have to work in, in the district as well. You know, he's always tired. And I've seen him laying down in front of the 
couch, you know, yeah. we have a fireplace, he's laying down, and I'd be like, oh, sorry, you're not a congressman anymore, you gotta get up, you gotta help me. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, there's no laying down on a no daddy duty, just no. Speak, like, in front of the couch here. <laughs> this ain't Congress, you're gonna have to work a little harder, mister. You got stuff to do. <laughs> uh, um, oh, and, and we're gonna see you, so you're gonna, you're mom of nine, and we will see you on Fox soon again. Yeah, so I'm actually doing a hit with Sandra Smith um, tomorrow, and I have a hit. I'm doing it for my hometown here in Wisconsin, and then I, yeah. I'm doing a, a hit with Fox and Friends on Friday of this week because um, we're going to promote some some my show moms and talk about some other cultural hot topics on the show. So, oh my, oh my god! And for those who don't know, the hit is uh, a segment because uh, yes, a hit is a segment on. On Fox. Yeah. And then I'll be filling in a few times, um, you know, between the end of November and the, um, and, and New Year's. Uh, I think about, you know, I have a couple trips to, to New York to fill in for Jedediah on Fox and Friends. So still filling in every, uh, for a little bit. But taking baby steps, Kathy, taking baby steps. Oh, yeah, the, the, that baby steps. Give me a break. Jedediah like... is, a, I don't know if she's about to have her baby or she just had her, but I'm not sure. I know saw her this weekend on the show and she hadn't quite yet had the baby i know her due date is like any day now oh my god so i'm i'm all i'm always exhausted because i do those um you know how, you know how it is you do a 5 a.m hit and then you do yes, an 11 45 hit at night and then it takes yep. me two days to That's recover tough. probably you two minutes but it takes me two days no, to recover. It, t- it takes me a while too actually it takes me a while too. I know. Yeah, the, those the, early mornings. Yeah, those long, long uh, news cycles. Those day, the news cycle it changes so quickly throughout the day. It doesn't. I, do, I mean, you're a newswoman. I mean, is there has there ever been any time like this ever no, before? No, no. Since I've been covering, since I've been with the Washington Post, I started as a print journalist. And uh, no, no. We used to say it used to be a week. We had a week news cycle. Now we're down to minutes. Now it's just minutes. Right, because yeah. Donald Trump's driving the news cycle with Twitter, right? I mean, he, he really just has is. He's to put out a tweet and you know the that. Whole thing's go- you know yeah. that that we're given a topic and we're not told anything. We're just told this is this is what's going to, you know, we're probably going to hit upon this and this and this. The minute you sit down, it's all different because that man right. tweeted by the time you were walking over to the table to sit next to uh, Neil Cavuto and the time right. they put that little earpiece in your ear and the microphone on, there was a tweet. And right. the news cycle completely changed. Right. I can't tell you how many times we had that on Fox and Friends where, you know, we're, we're delivering a story or the news or whatever. And it's like, oh, breaking news. Yeah. And the breaking news is a tweet. You know, um, uh, it's, uh, I don't know if it happened to you, but I've had it where we've sat, we've been sitting at a table and they've asked new topic is uh, it could be, you know, like brick, brick set uh, or whatever. It comes up. Who right? Who right now? Um, sorry, who's not up to date with this one? And two people will walk away, right? And you're left with the host, and you look at each other and smile, and the cameras turn on, and you go, because <laughs> yes. right? It's like it, sometimes yes. it's like you're lucky enough that you happen to read the article that morning, uh, but the news cycle is so fast that if you just didn't happen to catch that article and that tweet, uh, half the room leaves, and you're the one you're you're the one at the table. Right. Yeah, that's right. happened, right? Absolutely. Have you been there? Yes, absolutely that's happened to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I love and I and I do love the professionalism because it is they're not gonna have anyone at that table that doesn't know what they're talking about. And yeah. and no one's put down for not being up to date with what Donna Brazil just said five minutes ago on the other show. 
you know, right. it's it, it's right. it's a family. But that's why you go, but you but you have to always be up on everything because as that breaking news comes in, you have to have the context, um, and so you're just constantly in the news cycle. I mean, I, I was in my you know in my hospital room and I had the news on, you know, and you just always have to stay up on it. Oh my gosh! So Rachel, so so for for mothers out there juggling um one child and uh you know and and um, doing a couple things, you 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 give birth and you're keeping up on the news to get ready to go on a show in a couple of weeks. Is that about right? Is yeah, that- I mean, I I actually did a hit just kind of announcing that the baby was born. Um, the, well, actually, what had happened is I had written a, a story for Fox Business on their op-ed, yeah. and it aired, or it, it went online, it went live right after I had the baby. I didn't expect to have the baby for a month, so I had delivered the story and then and then delivered a baby, like, you know, four days later when they when they printed the story in their, on their website. So then they asked me to, somebody asked me to come on and speak about it, they had not knowing that I had just had a baby. And you did and, it. I, you know, I did it. You know what? It was a week after I had the baby, and the studio was five minutes from my house. I had written the piece. I, you know, I knew it backwards and forwards, so it wasn't it wasn't quite as like Herculean of a lift as people think it was. It, you know, it was a little bit to get out. You know, hadn't put on makeup in a while. Um, you know, but, <laughs> oh no, I've seen so many women um, come back. But I wasn't. Yeah. I was in. Um, I was in leggings. I wore leggings and then a nice blouse, so yeah. I didn't have to, you know, worry about anything else. So, but yeah, I mean, I try and do what I can. But if I can't do it, I mean, the great thing about working at Fox is the, um, the upper levels of the executive suites are full of moms who know what it's like, and I have felt very supported and in no way rushed into work or anything like that. Everyone's been super kind and patient and, and lovely. Oh, well, behind the scenes, if people only knew if, 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 how warm it is behind yes. the scenes, it's a, it, they, totally. just, they would believe us. Okay. No, uh, they um, wouldn't. This, one, this right. is one last comment, and this is funny. Sure. You ready? This is um, for you. Um, this is from Rust Belt Revolution. You ready? Okay. Is, is Mr. Pickles a good name for my cat? Oh, um, yes, I love that name, actually. Absolutely love that name. Okay, so I will, uh, Rust Belt Revolution, a true patriot. It, um, I, this person has a flag next to their name. So Well, that, all, when I was growing up, we had only Pomeranian dogs. Yeah. So when one would die or one got lost, we always got another one. And we named them all the same name. Oh. And it was always Pumpkin, which I, I think is a really nice name for an animal as well. <laughs> but Mr. Pickles but is at, fine. Mr. Pickles is great. My dog at home is called Skippy. Skippy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Skippy. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, that's, that's amazing. You're, you're so creative yep. and do so many things and you name your dog Skippy. You, I didn't name the dog. Okay. My son named the dog. Okay. And my daughter, Paloma, named the baby Valentino. Oh, so no way. See, I, when you have this many kids, you can delegate everything. Seriously, you don't children. do anything. <laughs> I don't do anything. You don't do it. Oh, my God. What you said was so funny one time that no one at the school ever asked you to do a darn thing. Because when you have so many kids, it's like no one has yes, the nerve to ask you no to, volunteer. to volunteer. I love that. About, I love that. I really okay. need to have nine kids. I really, <laughs> I, I, I do not want to be asked to do anything by anyone. 
you're, you're smart. You were, I always knew you had something going yep, on there. I've removed myself from all volunteer lists. Um, not by my doing. People remove me. They go, oh, I'm sure she's too busy. Yeah, no, this Love lady, it. no, she's no, not dependable. She's not yeah, baking totally, cookies. That's probably what it is. It's not that they feel bad and, oh, she's so busy. It's like, no, they don't she like you. Relied on. They just don't like you. You won't bake the cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so where, yeah. um, okay, the book can be found everywhere. Right, just everywhere. Yes, it can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. If it's not at your bookstore, demand it. Um, and you can go to my Twitter, to my Facebook, and there are links to the book. It's Paloma. Um, to order. Paloma. Paloma wants, wants to, to be, be Lady Freedom, a beautiful story about a little girl who goes to Washington D.C. with her family because her dad wants to celebrate becoming a citizen and she has this adventure inside the capital and she learns all about america and specifically about that beautiful statue at the top of our capital um lady freedom and a lot of people don't know a lot about her about lady freedom and so this is a great opportunity for people to learn about and her. i am i am i'm very ashamed to admit that um covering uh dc for 12 years for the washington post I didn't know that statue was up there until... Um, <laughs> I never saw it. Don't feel bad, Kathy. Really? I never saw it oh. until Paloma was... We brought all our kids to the Capitol when, after Are you I had serious? Was Paloma was for... I, you know, I, of course, noticed the magnificent dome. I mean, it's... Yeah. Listen, it's, it's the highest, you know. But the, the statue, I never noticed. It, hard to believe. It's as tall as a giraffe. Those darn kids look up, don't they? They always they look, look up. They look up and they notice things that we adults don't, which is the beauty, beautiful thing about having kids is the things you get to see through their eyes. And she wanted to know all about Lady Frida. That's how I got to know about okay. it. I wanted to feed her curiosity. And then she wanted to be Lady Freedom. And that idea of my little four-year-old wanting to grow up to be Lady Freedom and knowing what I had learned then afterwards about Lady Freedom, I thought, this is the beautiful starting point for a book. And I'm telling you, it's a, it's a beautiful, heartwarming story. It's gorgeously illustrated, um, gorgeously illustrated. I can't take credit for that. I can't even draw, you know, a stick man. This, but I was very particular about who no, I wanted so to pretty. illustrate it. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's just beautifully illustrated. And, um, and it's a great good book. You know, you don't know what to get your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, your grandkid for Christmas. Um, this is a beautiful book that will stay in the bookshelf uh, from one generation to the next because I think it's that kind of a book. It's it's, it's going to be a favorite. Um, and it's, Catalina Magazine has a story of, um, of more about it, um, yep. so people can find that on um, if they if they find me. Uh, actually, liberalsherpa.com. So for the Liberal Sherpa podcast, liberalsherpa.com, they go there, they can find uh, the magazine, they can order it online. It's print, um, it's beautiful, comes with a little present, comes with your beautiful spread, your gorgeous picture. Um, and and we have one to give, we have one left to give away because we gave it away to um, the books to Blue Lives Matter. You were so sweet to donate yes, to Blue Lives Matter. They were so appreciative. Um, Such a great cause. Such oh, a great cause. They're so great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, jo Joseph's constantly on Fox. We met in the green room. He told me, there's no middle, man there's no middle guys. Everything goes straight to the families. So right. your book's straight into the, the hands of the families. But one was left over on purpose for this podcast. And I uh, want to give, give it away to one lucky um, listener. What do we do? What, 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 what do they need to do? What, what, what do you think? 
what, what, on the spot, what should we do, Rachel, for one person to... Um... So, um, whoever can remember from this podcast, <laughs> how many years me and, 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 and Kathy have known each other? Ooh. How many years is that? Nice. Okay, first person to what? To, uh, to tweet me? To DM me? Yeah, sure. All right, Perfect. good. Okay, so I'm I'm so I'm at Aru Kathy on Twitter because uh, my name's been taken by a few, um, yeah. few a few <laughs> trolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my name is not my own. I don't own my own name. So I am Aru Kathy, and uh, I I made my own blue check mark because I I won't show Twitter my ID because I don't know who That's Twitter right. is. Um, I yeah, yeah, no, Twitter won't show the show me their I ID. I don't trust these tech giants anyway. I don't trust them. Yeah, who is Twitter? Like, why do they I want my know. ID? So until yeah, they give me their exactly. ID, so it's Aru Kathy. So yeah, all right. So the person who knows how long we've been friends, and um, and then they could find you. How, how does everyone find you and your show? Mark Apple Stuffy. Um, that's my Twitter handle, and then um, uh, I believe it's the same for Facebook. So, and the gram. You're on the gram. Yep, and I'm on Insta. I'm on Insta. So what is it? Our, uh, same thing? Our Campo Stuffy? Yep. And Absolutely. we will find you um, barefoot and pregnant walking on the streets barefoot, of D.C. Yeah. yeah, this time I'm barefoot and pregnant in my house. Oh, you are so classy. You class it up. I, I like mm-hmm. that about you. I really do. Yep. And uh, yep. your show Moms is on Fox Nation. Yep, my next episode is coming out in... Um, uh, like next week, actually, and that is about the power of grandparents and how important they are in the lives of children and that sort of intergenerational um, beauty of family. Nice. So we're going to be talking about that with some some real moms from Texas. I actually flew to Texas for that show. Oh my gosh! Yes. Wow, you you so, you are unstoppable. So catch that. And then last time I talked to you in Miami and then, um, and then of course I'm going to be on moms again because you know, yeah, like, we're going to do it again. We loved having you on. So thanks for doing that. And we're going to, we're going to find another episode to make this happen. Yeah, no, I, I promise I'll be worth it. I'll be, I'll, 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 oh, I'll you are, you don't have to, you don't have to convince me or my producers of that. <laughs> cool. Okay. So we know where to find you. We, uh, we've got yep. the book, we've got, uh, everything covered all the best to, um, all the babies. All nine, and thank you for um, helping with climate change. Yes, yes. I'll I'll continue to degrade the environment. No, you can't. And by the way... Um, you made uh, little scientists, uh, you said. You made scientists. Yeah, 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 yeah you'll yeah. take me later. My yeah. little Paloma will end up, you know, solving the whole environmental crisis. Um, I, I put my money on, on, on Paloma, not on Greta. Oh, oh, um, wow. That's, okay. my, that's where I, I put my money on that. I'll tell you what. I want to thank you, Kathy, um, not just for having me on, not just for letting me plug my, plug my book, for being such a good friend through all these years. And I send you a big, giant beso y abrazo. And also, um, send my love to your beautiful girls. Thank you so much. All right. Love you so much. And I can't wait to argue with you on air. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye, Gina. Take care. All right. Thank okay, you. Adios. Thank you. Ciao, bye. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Bye. <laughs> so much fun with Rachel. I'm so sorry for cutting it short. We just never can find things to talk about. Um, of course, I'm just kidding. So please follow Rachel on Twitter, Insta. Definitely buy her new children's book. It is so good. Of course, I have a copy. And um, look for her on Fox News. She's a contributor. And you can find me there sometimes as well. 
Just kidding. Look for me on Twitter, at Aru Kathy. Send questions. Um, you can see what we're going to talk about, what the topics are going to be, and who my guests are going to be. So ask questions, and please um, tune in next time. Bye. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers.